okay, so I was actually just saying this to my country manager <laughs> in Ghana the other day. And, um, you know, black folks have this saying that's, um, that scared money don't make no money. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, fear, you can't allow fear to hold you back. Like, you know, so what you make a mistake, so what you lose, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Like, you know, if you, the other side of that is that you don't try and you don't learn anything. I'm Felina Jean, and this is Black Broads Abroad. I'm an international woman of leisure who said peace out to the United States in 2011, and I have not looked back except at this ass, honey. Since then, I've lived on four continents but traveled to over 40 countries. Along my journey, I've come to know some very compelling black women from all over the world who also said fuck you to their comfort zones. I created this podcast to inspire black women in the diaspora to take risks and live their very best lives. Tamara Watkins is the founder of Loza Tan, an e-commerce brand of satin line head wraps that are handcrafted in Ghana by women entrepreneurs. Tamara, aka Tam, is an e-commerce entrepreneur who has over 10 years of digital marketing experience, growth hacking CPG and beauty brands like Bevel, Warm and heat-free hair. She's traveled to over a dozen countries on the continent of Africa. It was when Tamara went to Howard University that she fell in love with all things Africa. After traveling to Ghana, the bold prints and colors spoke to her, and she came up with the idea of African print, satin line headbands, and head wrap turbans. Determined to build a business with women like the women in her family, she ensures that all of Loza Tam's products are crafted by women entrepreneurs, they can support their families and continue to plant the same seeds that were planted in her as a young adult. Tamara has grown Lozatan to be a six-figure e-commerce brand, that, and she is passionate about supporting and teaching other women how to generate revenue online. Welcome, Tam. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And happy birthday. I'm so honored you would do an interview with me all the way from Washington DC on your birthday so thank you no problem so I'm gonna give like a little bit of background on like how we even came to know each other so I guess like was it two or three years ago two or three years ago yeah (laughs) it's a funny story (laughs) yeah yeah we were out of in Johannesburg um over like the the christmas holidays and we just like bumped in or were introduced inside of a fabric store <laughs> and like the store owner just knew there was like <laughs> another american in the store and he was like hey you know and it was it was like a friendship ever since so i'm glad that you know we serendipitously encountered each other on that day because you are definitely one of my riders and i appreciate you for it so you know you know i'm so glad the universe connected us so um i'm gonna get right in so okay i mentioned in your bio that you've traveled to over a dozen african countries so you're quite a voracious traveler and i love the fact that you also don't mind traveling solo and your entree into the continent of Africa was in, in college. First, like, what countries have you visited on the continent and how has that influenced your work as a designer? Uh, so I've done Ghana, 
Malawi, Morocco, Egypt, South Africa, Zanzibar, Tanzania, Ethiopia. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting two or three, but yeah, I've been to a lot. Um, but you know, in, in college, like at Howard, there's a, um, a ton of students from all across the continent. Um, it's in DC being like the epicenter, I feel like for Habesha, AKA Ethiopian culture. Like, you know, I was just so interested in meeting all these different types of uh, black people. And so like, I was like one of the few black American students in the African Student Association. Um, mm. So I think being in that just really just continued to grow my curiosity about, um, you know, the continent of Africa. So you grew up in Florida and you come from an entrepreneurial family because your mom is also a business owner. Was there any pushback from your family at all about the fact that you, you earned a degree in chemistry from Howard and then you decided, I'm going to make hairbands and turbans and caftans in Ghana. What, what did they think about that? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know what? I'm pretty lucky because I feel like my family, I, my mom uh, was pretty liberal with me growing up compared to some how some of my friends' moms were. So she wasn't, she didn't keep like a tight, tight leash on me like that. Like she kind of let me explore whatever the, the various interests I had. You know, one day I was interested in something, the next day I wasn't like most teenagers. But to, to, to me, she, it was just more so like, can you, can you make a living off of this? Yes. Okay, cool. Like it was, it's more so like, as long as I didn't have to ask them for money or as long as, you know, I wasn't homeless in the streets, which I kind of was at one point, but they didn't know. Um, <laughs> you were yeah, not, it was, are you being hyperbolic? Or I mean, I had to stay on my friend's couch for oh, a couple of months. That's not homeless um, in the street. I didn't have to <laughs> That's the, you know what, that's the grind of an a entrepreneur that's not, <laughs> not like, it just come with the territory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, I, I um, tell a lot of people, like, entrepreneurship is not glamorous, it's not fun, like, you have to have the stomach to deal with a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, that's the truth. I mean, I liken it to like jumping out of the airplane um, and building a parachute on the way down. Yeah, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, he's such a good friend. It's been so many times. I'm just like, fuck this shit. I'm giving up. You don't let me give up. That's <laughs> one of the many reasons that I rock with you. Yeah, we can't. Like, what's the other option? You know, like, what, what else are we going to do? So one of the things that I really like is that, well, I love is that um, your brand, your products are, um, are handcrafted in Ghana. And you've built an ecosystem of sorts for Ghanaian um, female seamstresses who may have otherwise faced a barrier to entry to entrepreneurship. Was that intentional? Yeah, so when I came up with the idea, I had a friend in Ghana, um, and I was asking him, like, do you know any women that I could work with? Just because, A, I feel like working with women when designing products for women, uh, the finished product just turns out a lot better because, you know, even when I'm not 
present, which I'm not in Ghana all the time, I want to be able to know and rest assured, be rest assured, rested assured that, you know, they can try it on and they know how it's going to fit versus, you know, when you're working with men, like they don't understand all the intricacies and the details that go into, you know, making um, a great product for a woman. So yes, it wasn't, you know, um, from a design perspective, but also it was intentional in terms of just, I mean, in, in a lot of developing countries, if you don't come from an affluent family, um, it's it's very hard to kind of become successful and, and break out on your own. So, you know, to me, if a lot of these women, they have amazing skill when it comes to like tailoring. And so, yeah, to answer your question, <laughs> I feel like I'm going off on a tangent, no. but yeah, it was, it was very intentional. So, um, what was the inspiration like even behind like creating accessories like um, African and African print accessories in the first place? So I was, so about, I don't know, six months before I launched the company, I was, um, I had taken up an interest in Bikram yoga. And so I was in a Bikram yoga class and it was in the summer. So it was already hot outside. Um, and then you add the, the, 100 degree you know temperature within the Bikram yoga room um it's just it was just extremely hot in there and I had on a headband and I have like big kinky curly hair and I was doing a downward dog my hair was doing a downward dog and I was just frustrated and I was just remember I was so distracted by my hair being on my face and his headband not working I couldn't even get into like my little Zen moment I was trying to have in there. So I just kept thinking like, I'm going to get another headband as soon as this class is over. So after the class was over, I went to the target down the street and I started, um, you know, going down the quote ethnic hair care aisle, um, looking for some headbands that will work. And I, I didn't see any, the only ones that I saw were those little thin ones that I already had on that had that silicone strip in it. And that silicone strip can pull your hair out. So oh, yeah. I, yeah. And I, I was just kind of like, all right, well, whatever, it's not here. And I was like, I, there's probably something online I can find. So I went on Google and didn't find anything that met, you know, all the things that I was looking for. So I just kind of let it go. Cause at the time I was working full time as a, um, e-commerce marketing director. So I was, you know, pretty busy with that, but fast forward a couple months later, I went to Ghana and that's kind of when the light bulb hit, hit turned on because I was like in a taxi and I was just, you know, been, being driven around and looking at the scene of Ghana, which is a lot to look at, but it's like the women, they walk, they wear such colorful fabric and I saw the fabric and a light bulb just came on. I was like, Oh, I'm gonna make some headbands, you know, out of this African print fabric and you know, I can line it in satin. Like, you know, when anyone who goes to, you know, West Africa, like it's the way that the apparel um, industry is there is that a lot of stuff is made um, ready to wear. So you don't always go into a shop and like, you know, see, say I want a small, medium, or large of this particular item. Like it's so easy to get clothing made there and it's, it's affordable. So I was just like, oh, I'll just get them made. And that's when, you know, I reached out to my friend to ask him, you know, if he knew of any women. And so originally I just wanted to get the products made for myself. And mm-hmm. then I was going to give the remainder to my friends. Um, so I, after I picked out the ones I wanted, 
(laughs) 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 I gifted the rest to my friends, but I still had a decent amount left over. So like a month or two went by and I was just like, let me put these up on Etsy just to see if I could sell them because I didn't want to waste them. And like within a day or two, like I got a sale and I I just thought it was for my friend. I was just like, you know, somebody, you know, maybe taking pity on me and want to be nice. So when I look at the name on the sale, I was like, oh, I don't know this person. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) a couple days later, I just kept getting, you know, damn, like I have a background in e-commerce marketing. I know how to build a website. Like if I build a website and put an actual effort into marketing this product, like, you know, it, it might do okay. And it's been doing okay. It's, um, you know, like the, the, the line is so fly. Like when you and your boo came to, um, Johannesburg this year, you laced me with, uh, one of your new designs, the caftan. Oh my gosh. I was so sick. This pandemic hit because I had immediate plans <laughs> for that. I know. Caftan. I feel the same way, girl. <laughs> I sit around my house with it just so I can kind of deliver like, rich bitch vibes yeah um, that's exactly <laughs> what it is that caftan with those turbans girl <laughs> yeah I just you know I just sometimes I'll sit, put my um caftan on and I'll go sit out on a sunny day it hasn't been that sunny here in DC but like when the sun is shining I'll put my shades on I'll put my caftan on my turban on and I'll just sit outside and work just so I can kind of in my mind be I don't know, on a boat in Zanzibar. <laughs> yeah, it's important though. I mean, I think dressing is still important to like boost our morale during this time. And the thing I like most about your brand is that like, it's easy. It's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's sophisticated. It's easy. It's elegant. And it's just like, it don't take that much effort though, but it's still so fly. <laughs> so thank you. You spend, um, you do spend part of your time in Ghana throughout the year. Can you um, like walk us through like the behind the scenes of like running a business on the ground across continents? Like, do you, have you ever faced any like cross-cultural challenges um, in building a business? outside of American soil. Girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, for one, you, you know, you, you kind of would think, I, maybe not everyone thinks like this, and maybe I was a little naive to kind of make these assumptions, but, you know, you just think, okay, you know, all Black people, like, you know, we have similar ways of thinking and doing things and referring to things, but, when I started my business, I quickly realized, well, maybe slowly, I slowly realized because of the amount of mistakes that happened, um, was that, you know, you got to, communication is key. Um, like, for example, just in the way that I refer to a color, like, for example, mauve, like, in America, to me, mauve is like a purplish, like a light purple, but in Ghana, the way that they refer to mauve is is different. And mm. so I remember placing an order for the mauve turbans, right? And when I got the order, it was violet purple. <laughs> I, was like, I didn't order these. <laughs> and they're like, you said mauve. So one of the things that I've been able to do to kind of mitigate that type of stuff is 
lean on technology, but also have in-person training. So to make sure everybody is on the same page. So for example, like when I'm, when I say leaning on technology, like using video, especially right now, cause it's not like, you know, I'm about to get on a plane and go to Ghana um, just because of everything that's going on. So leaning on video is like super important doing FaceTime calls just to make sure that we're all on the same page because you know, WhatsApp texts and stuff like that, like that'll work once you've aligned um but even then i just think over communication is key over communication that's a good tip that's a very good um entrepreneurial tip so wait what year did you start loza in 2016 2016 and so when did you realize that you could really monetize this into um a full-fledged viable business within two months a launch of launching a business because I remember I um sent natural 85 Whitney um a headband I think I sent her two and I was at work at my marketing job um and I was in a meeting and um I remember I kept feeling my phone buzzing going off and I was getting ready to go to Miami the next day on a girl's trip so I'm thinking you know it's my friends like you know we all hype in the group uh text about going to Miami for a couple of days. So when I get out of a meeting, I look at my phone and my friend's like, congratulations. And I'm like, congratulations for what? And she was like, oh, um, Natural 85 just posted your headband on Instagram. And oh, I was wow. like, what? So then I go and I check my email and it's like all of these orders. And I was like, oh shit. So, and I, at the time I kept my headbands in my, in my, <laughs> I drove around, um, drove them around in my car trunk in a suitcase because <laughs> I, the e-commerce platform system that I was using at the time, I was um, always afraid that I was either going to oversell or undersell my inventory. So every time I got a sale, I would go to my trunk and it was a UPS store across from my job. So I would go and uh, fill the order, take it to drop it off to the UPS store and then count the units that I had remaining to make sure that they were accurate. So I had to keep going back and forth to my car to like count how much I had. And at that point I was like, okay, this can really, you know, be something. Hmm. That's crazy that you hit it out the ball. Not crazy. It's divine, but that you hit it out the ballpark, like in two months and you know, okay, this is not just like some, um, some Etsy hobby. This is like, <laughs> can be a viable, a viable, quite lucrative business. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that we have in common is the fact that we have um, traveled a great deal by ourselves. And uh, one thing I always like to reiterate is that there are such profound differences between tourists and travelers. And that's not a value judgment. It's just, you know, it's a fact and traveling solo, <laughs> traveling solo, it forces a level of introspection that we may not be afforded in our everyday lives. What is something that mm -hmm. you've learned about yourself that you didn't know as a result of traveling alone? Um, that I'm not as introverted as I think I, as I thought I was. So like I typically, I like to keep to myself, which is why I usually like to travel by myself because I find that I can move a lot faster. I can maneuver in these places a lot easier when I'm by myself. Mm -hmm. um, 
but when you know when you're in china or in ghana like you realize like you got to be able to talk to people because you know they know the culture they're there so it, the more you can and i don't like to use this word network the more you can connect with people that are from wherever you are the better off you'll be um because that's more resources for you so like i remember when i was in china and um just through the universe similar to how we met like i met this guy from from molly who was there on business um and we connected and he pretty much like took me under his wing and took me into the, the markets of china which is like freaking shark infested waters right and <laughs> without him like you know i would have been like lost i remember i lost my phone my cell phone i left it in a taxi in china and my cell phone basically had all of the um mandarin and cantonese places that i needed to go like my address because not a lot of people speak english in china so without him like taking me around and showing me the ropes you know, I would have gotten um, severely taken advantage of, and I, I don't know if I would have made it back just because I left my phone in the taxi, and he had to help me get another one and help me communicate with the people there in order to, to get another phone. I mean, with the challenges that we're facing in this, like, um, you know, the middle of this pandemic, um, have there been any, been any, like, pivots that you've had to make in your business, like, due to supply chain logistics being interrupted like you know your manufacturers are in one place you're in one place like have you had to pivot your brand as a result of the pandemic and like where do you see uh where do you see loza tam going in the future um so i haven't had to really pivot the brand other than in like minor um marketing type campaigns so you know instead of saying you know it you know it's for the woman on the go right now the woman isn't going anywhere but to the grocery <laughs> store so you know we just talk talk about you know how we can use the head wrap um to work from home how it's an easy and effortless way to look pulled together like on your zoom calls and things like that but in terms of like logistics and stuff now that has been where a lot of um the challenges has happened and so because like, for example, like raw materials coming from other countries, like, you know, in the height of COVID, which I, I guess technically we still are, but I know Ghana has started to relax um, a lot of its lockdowns, although I don't think the international airports has opened back up yet. Hmm. But when that was happening, like basically there were no um, international flights coming in or going out of the country other than like, um, like the mail carriers like DHL, UPS. Um, but normally when I ship my product from Ghana to the States, it comes via air cargo. And that's a, a typically a, um, a plane like, you know, South African Airways or something like that. But if South Africa Airways is no longer flying, then that means I don't have a way to get my product out of the country into the hands mm. of the customer. So I had to pivot and use higher cost carriers like DHL. Um, and they're super quick and, and convenient, but the, the price of that was 5x what I was normally used to paying. Whoa. So sticker shock was is an understatement. Whoa. That's major. <clears throat> but one of the things that you just pointed out, like the functionality of like of your turbans and, and uh, your headbands is that like you could look pulled together instantly. It really, it's been my saving grace when I've had to do Zoom calls and I can't, 
<laughs> I can't bleach my hair and <laughs> I haven't been to the salon <laughs> and I don't know how long at this point. So yeah, I've had to do some Zoom calls and first thing I do is pick up my loads of tam turban and <laughs> pull it together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm so over here right now. Like yeah. <laughs> and the, like my favorite brands like they're out of they're sold out of product just because like you said like you can't color your hair um it's hard to find the products right now because it's such a high demand so yeah I just live in a turban at this point yeah I mean it seems like a good time for your brand because like especially the black a lot of us are wearing turbans <laughs> right now <laughs> you know and, all so the that's the thing because like the demand has increased for the product so and so it's it's hard, you know, trying to get keep the product in stock right now because all all of these logistical issues. What's the biggest lesson that you've learned about stepping outside of your comfort zone? Hmm. Um, okay, so I was actually just saying this to my country manager <laughs> in Ghana the other day. And um, you know, black folks have this saying that's um that scared money don't make no money. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, fear you can't allow fear to hold you back. Like, you know, so what you make a mistake, so what you lose, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Like, you know, if you, the other side of that is that you don't try and you don't learn anything or you don't make any extra money. Hmm. That's a good point. And I mean, the reason that I created um, the Black Bras Abroad platform is just, is, is to encourage Black women to step outside of their comfort zones and you've been um, kind of an expat part-time with having um, done business in Ghana for the past four or five years. What advice do you have for Black women who are thinking about becoming part-time expats or those who want to take the leap full-time? Um, I would say, and this is just me learning from my own mistakes, I'm not much of a planner. Well, I used to be, didn't, I, I used to not be much of a planner. Now I'm learning the value of planning, just even from a financial perspective, because the more you plan things out, the lower your costs will be. Um, and the, the less um, you'll bump your head against the wall. Hmm. Yeah. And I know a lot of times, like, you know, like when you think like expat travel, it's like, oh, just throw caution into the wind and, and do it. I've done that. And I've had amazing experiences, but it's also cost me a lot of money. And I feel like um, unnecessarily. And had I taken a little bit more time, pumped the brakes just a little bit more and planned it, I feel like, you know, financially, you know, I wouldn't have had to learn such hard lessons. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, especially like when you're, when you're, it's, it's one thing, like when you're younger and you're in your twenties and, mm -hmm. <laughs> but when you're grown, you really do need to uh, plan and take measured steps before um, you take such a big leap. Good advice. Yeah. So my last question, what is next for Loza Tam and where can people keep up with your journey? Uh, so we're releasing a new um, type of, of turban in the fall we're coming out with new colors um so yeah just just an extension on what we're already doing um just with different styles and people can shop our entire collection of satin line head wraps and turbans um at lozatam.com 
Um, yeah, or follow us on Instagram and it's Loza underscore Tam. Thank you so much for your time, friend, and happy birthday, 35. Shout out to our Patreon members. Thank you so much for your support. If you too are interested in supporting the Black Broads Abroad movement, keep up with us on social media, and that's at Black Broads Abroad, B-L-A-C-K-B-R-O-A-D-S-A-B-R-O-A-D. And that's on IG and Facebook. And if you're interested in supporting on Patreon, visit www.patreon.com backslash Black Broads Abroad.